Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, friends. Have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships. My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach And within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answered. I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist and senior lit teacher. Hey, Laura. Hey, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. All right. So we start off with a pretty long question. Um, This is from Lauren Connell. She says, I'm a speech therapist in early intervention. My workday used to consist of playing with kids on the floor all day long, constantly moving. Since March 2020, I've been working virtually from home. This involves about seven 45-minute teletherapy sessions via video, video chat each day. I sit or stand in basically the same position for the entirety of the session, which as you can probably guess, has caused a lot of postural issues. I do take about 15 minutes between clients to get some movement, which is usually some walking or stretching. In January, 2021, I had an SCM strain. So SCM is sternocleidomastoid strain with spasms for three to four days. The pain and spasms ultimately resolved. There was residual tightness, stiffness in the neck. In March, 2021, I had bilateral trapezius myalgia. Everything in my neck, upper back froze up and was painful. I ended up taking a muscle relaxer and the inflammation mostly resolved. There was a lot of residual tightness. I could barely turn my head. I started seeing a PT for dry needling as well as doing the recommended chin tuck exercises and T's, Y's, and I's three times a day. I will say I've been a bit inconsistent with this regimen and do notice a slight difference when I'm consistent with them, but ultimately I'm still in neck pain in October, 2021. There were some good days and some really, really bad days. I know that I shouldn't sit for long periods of time, but honestly, by the end of the day, I'm totally wiped 
and just want to veg out with some Netflix on the couch. I hear you, sister. <laughs> I will work on this, but I'm wondering if you have any other suggestions as far as stretches and exercises I could do to speed along this healing process. I don't remember what it feels like to have a pain-free day. Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. And mm. She's not alone. I mean, I think that this is the, this is something we're going to be studying for the next five years. This, uh, the results of COVID, the results of Zoom, you know, what has happened from people really changing their lifestyles, you know? So you're looking at someone here who went from a relatively busy and active lifestyle when she, and so she had no pain, despite the fact that she was on the floor with kids moving around. And it's funny right now, PT Corner that I'm writing about is talking about posture and this big argument, you know, this big argument right now, does posture matter? Doesn't it? There's, I mean, it is such a hot topic. Um, And, I think this really speaks so perfectly to what we're talking about here, because does posture matter? You know, there's a lot of science. There's a lot of good evidence that posture doesn't cause pain. Bad posture doesn't cause pain. It's postural awareness and it's the lack of movement that's what's causing pain. It's postural stress that causes pain. And so here we have a prime example of postural stress. She might not, she might have great posture even while she's, and we try to do it when we're doing our Zooms, we try to have great posture, but you and I are in the same boat. We're very active. Our jobs are very active. We're constantly moving, which is why we have little pain. We know how to move well. We know how to move with good posture. We know how to adapt and we're aware of changes that might preclude or cause pain. You know, what studies have shown that it's not what you do. It's the fact that you're distracted. It's the fact that, and that's when then you go into the awkward posture because you aren't aware. It's the brain. And, you know, that's more likely to cause pain, neck, back, shoulder, than then say poor posture, then say standing, you know, so she's trying to do it. She's like, I'm taking breaks every 15 minutes. I'm so I would ask her, you know, to do something at, clearly this is not working, you know? So she has these clients. I'm assuming she's still doing telehealth. And so once every, is that what you understood too? You know, so every, yeah, she didn't say any different. So yeah. um, she still is in pain October, 2021. This has been yeah. 10 months. Yeah, I would, she needs, in my opinion, that, so what she's doing right now is not enough. 45 minute session, 15 minutes of stretching. She needs more movement throughout that 45 minutes. So I would have her getting, getting a walk, like a tread, like those little treadmill things like under their desk or something to where she's changing position throughout. And then, so she can start to train her postural awareness in sitting. Cause if you watch us while we do these, a lot of times we're both, we're changing positions, slight little shifts, because that we are very aware of when we are in postural stress because we're so tuned into our body. And that's what happens. A lot of people that they, these studies have shown is that people don't recognize that they're in postural stress until they're in pain. So really getting her tuned into her body. And that's where I always bring it back. That's what, that's my favorite thing that lit yoga does is we train people to pay attention to where their body is in space throughout a practice, throughout a movement practice. It really helps them then when they are sitting, they start to feel, 
their body and recognize I've been here too long. Now it no longer feels good because I know what it feels like to feel good. Does that make sense? What do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, I would agree with you with the postural thing. I think that it's, you know, at face value, it's not really an argument of like, is does posture matter? It's more underneath it. What is happening in the brain? How sophisticated is the nervous system? When you are living in the spectrum, again, it's not a neutral experience of more optimal posture, you get that feedback way quicker. You and and you're you're in tune, you know, like our our kind of like our inner listing is there. It sounds like that, you know, what you're experiencing is obviously really stressful. And I feel like, I think you mentioned in this, um, Lauren, that you were doing some, she also says, uh, I find it incredibly difficult to release my ear to my shoulder and poses like twisted crescent or warrior variation. And she says, for reference, I'm a super active 26 year old female. Okay. 26 years old. That's nuts. Yeah. But here's the key. I have anxiety and hold a lot of tension in my body. I have a regular meditation yoga practice, but I've been suffering from burnout this past year, which I think plays a huge role. Ping, ping, ping. Okay. So when you have anxiety, this is all back to the nervous system. Yeah. So we, the posture we see is the bones, you know, the, the musculoskeletal, but it's so much more. So it's really, really reductionist to just be like, here's good posture. Here's not good posture. It matters in the sense that your nervous system, you can see when people are more anxious, it's really hard to be in an optimal posture because your body takes on the energy of coil, of flexion, of of being scared, right? And that's not optimal posture. So, and people, by the way, who are not necessarily anxious, but sit in that position their nervous system can make them anxious because that that feedback is saying, hey, you're in a position that is an optimal posture. And it really resembles the fear person, the anxiety position. So it's a two-way street, our conversation with our nervous system. So let us just stop reducing posture to just what it looks like. Of course, the look is, you know, gives you some revelation of what's happening. But what does it feel like? What does it feel like to inhabit that space? When you do have more optimal posture, you are putting the muscle length tension ratio of your muscles and the surrounding fascia at a better position. So they are not going to be highly adaptable to being really tight or being too lax. But then you have to go to the next layer and think, okay, what else needs to be happening? So Lauren, you need to practice. You say you have regular meditation practice. I would say you need to take your meditation to a different level. Maybe you're sitting. I don't think you should be sitting. I'm just giving you a hint. By the way, you can take it or leave it, right? These are just pieces of advice and they may or may not work. But I would focus maybe on breathing, taking a walk and focusing on your breath. Where is your breath getting to? Is it getting into your back? Is it getting into all the way up into the scapula? When you're in this more kind of highly anxious state, where do you tend to have it? Your breath is high. It's in those neck muscles that are already tense. So you could lie down and meditate. Lie down and focus on the breath moving into your back. So use your breath and your meditation practice as a way of kind of filling out that tight tension space. Sitting and meditating is fine, but for a highly for an anxious person, it might not do 
enough to your nervous system, then what else you have to do? You got to move because movement, as we've talked about, is a great homeostasis regulator for the nervous system, meaning it's going to recalibrate you. So you might need to move more often. You might need to get like a treadmill desk or, uh, you know, I know it's you know cost benefit in terms of finances, but you might need bigger pockets of space between your sessions. 45 minutes is a long time to sit and stare. We do it. I mean, I'm in a car and I feel it after 15 minutes. Does that mean I'm not very adaptable in a car? Or does it mean my nervous system is really tuned to not wanting to be stagnant and still? So in the car, I try you know, do more core, lift my lift up from the pelvic floor, lengthen my spine, put my head back in space. That helps a lot. But if I just a slump, I'm telling you after 15 minutes, I immediately get those signals. So there's a lot. And I would say you're also a little bit, it's like your needle is set to, to be registered for pain, which means that of course it's real and the experience of it is real. But I want you to, in your meditation, 10 minutes, breathe and say, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because the, the, the most frustrating thing about pain is you start to anticipate it. And I'm not saying you do consciously, but unconsciously you start to. Yes. And I think that, um, I mean, that is, that is where the evidence is behind. I love that you mentioned that she was feeling, you know, anxious because the evidence is behind the fact that posture does affect anxiety and posture does affect how you feel. So people feel good when they are upright, you know, you can't help, but feel better when you're sitting up tall. Um, and so, yeah, I, you are, we hit the nail on the head with this one. I think I, I, yes, she, Lauren, you're, moving yeah. and she gets meditating, gets breathing and just taking that tension out of her neck with her breath, I think will be a game changer in this, in this yeah. situation. And you're not alone, honey. Many people are experiencing this because the effects of being at home, being, you know, changing like before how you were, you had a lot of movement variability in your life. And, um, you know, the fact that you do want to like get on the couch at the end of the day set shows that you are, you're, you're zapped. Your, your nervous system is really tapped out. So be gentle, be gentle on yourself, but really tell yourself, I'm going to be okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Because you, all of these signs, especially being so young, not having any, um, not like you had a car accident, a major whiplash or something, like you didn't have a pre-existing um, mechanical imbalance or injury that really points to the fact that this is your nervous system. And there's, you know, we're uncovering things about the nervous system every year, every year. And, and we see it. Um, what you need is resolution of that stress. And that could be like, you need to like, like stick out your tongue. And I mean, I really mean that because your tongue is connected to the neck and all that stuff, but like really get some of that um, out. <laughs> all right. Best of luck. Keep us Good posted. Luck. Keep us posted. All right. Um, let's see. We've got A. Peters 23. How to properly hold a baby toddler and maintain good posture. Woo. That's a good one. Speaking of posture, that was a good segue. I know, right? So I'll launch into this. One thing I would think about when you have, 
you know, when you're carrying anything, now let's not even think about a wiggly thing, like a, a toddler. Let's just say packages, you've got mass. You need to hold on to your core even more. And it's a, there's going to be asymmetry. So you've got a toddler, you're probably going to put them on a hip, those kind of things. All of those, we, you know, they're just awkward holding patterns. And it would be really hard to say, well, try and bring them right in the center. So you're really balanced. Like you had your, you know, pregnant belly in front of you. It's, it's, I think it's just unrealistic. So what you have to think of is like, what would you do in your body? If you were to pick up like 30 pounds of groceries, you wouldn't just like use your arms. You would really tighten your core, your postures, postural stabilizers. And to the degree that you can, meaning when you think about it, try and do that when you're holding your toddler, because there's a lot of times you're not going to be thinking about it. You're going to be talking to another mother or you're at the park. There's a lot of other distractions where you're not going to have like, whoa, that somatic intelligence and awareness. But the more you practice it, the more of it becomes automatic where you don't have to consciously think about it. I do remember when I, you know, with my kids, well, first of all, the other thing is, this is my own two cents, is you don't have to hold them all the time. Like when you're standing, like I made my kids walk. Like I was that mom that was like, come on, you're going to walk next to me. Cause I didn't want them. I wanted them in good shape. I wanted them moving. I didn't want to always care. I want to, I want to hug you. And I want to snuggle with you when reading a book, but I don't need to hold you. Obviously sometimes you're walking through a parking lot. You're, you're, you're going to have to do that, but just also monitor. Cause I notice a lot when I, you know, when I had kids and I'm curious about you, Kristen, like I just, I let my kids roam and move and do a lot more and walk next to me or run next to me. I had very little time with them in a stroller where they were just passively sitting there because these are little beings that are also developing their nervous system and their movement intelligence. And my kids were like, and, and they slept well because they were moving a lot, you know? So that's just a sidebar. Um, this is not at, like, I'm never about mom shaming. Everybody's different, right? I don't live in New York City where I might have to hold them because they can't run around on a sidewalk in the same way. But don't also feel like you always have to hold your toddler is my other piece of advice is like, have your moments where it's like, now we're going to hold you on the couch or snuggle with you. And then I can pick you up and out of the car, but then you're going to walk and hold my hand. Yeah, no. And I think that if you are in that position where you, ha- you know, you're in a store or whatever, you have to hold on to them just switch sides, you know, hold on your right hip and then switch, hold on your left hip. You know, the more you can balance out your body, the better off you're going to feel. And then, you know, keeping close to the body. Like, so if you're putting the baby into the crib, you know, really again, tighten that core, know that you're, you're leaning in against the longer lever arm at, at, at your back, at your upper back. And then when you're not holding the baby, take care of yourself. So move, you know, develop that postural awareness so you can recognize those little shifts and changes. Because to Laura's point, and back to our last comment, our last question, you get hurt is when you're distracted and kids are a huge distraction. So, you know, we want that automatic postural awareness to be on point. And let me tell you, ladies, postnatal, you know, that's your hardest time. You've really set that regulation off. So, you know, work on your breath, work on restoring that connection to your core, you know, right out of the gate. You don't have to be exercising, but you can start to really get that, get that core connection with 360 degree breathing. You know, there's some great 
We've got some great postnatal stuff on, on Lit Yoga website. So you can start that connection because there are going to be times when you have to hold your kid and, um, you know, you want to protect your body because there's nothing worse than being at, down and out when you're a mom with little kids. So when you don't have to hold them, don't. And then also take care of your body. So move, you know, get back to your, your, your wellness practice as soon as you're safely able to with your postnatal body. Yeah. And I love what you said and I would echo it. When you're picking up your kid, think toddler, 20, 30, maybe more pounds, crouch down at their level, get yourself really positioned. Don't lean over your back. You know, it's, of course you can handle it, but practice those good biomechanics as well. Uh, Because that, you know, it's not just when you're holding them, but it's then the transitions too, where I've seen um, moms complain that they they hurt themselves. So go moms, we're pulling for you. All right. We got time for one more question. This is from SFP Shreya. She says, possible causes for unexpected inner knee pain and what can help recovery? Dot, dot, dot. Oh, there's so much that, that mm. attaches there, you know, and uh, we, we've talked about, this is a great question. And, you know, we've talked about knees a fair amount on, on the podcast and you know, really how, when we're seeing strain at the knee, it's usually an indication that something else isn't doing what it needs to be doing. So, you know, you right there at the medial knee, you have several soft tissue structures. You have your medial collateral ligament. Most likely that's not what you're feeling, but it could be. You've got your um, medial plica, which is like the soft tissue that, that connects to the kneecap, you know, from the, um, MCL. And then you've also got something called your pes anserine, which is this connection of several muscles from your thigh. And there's a burst, so there's a fluid-filled sac there. So any of those structures can get irritated. And usually that's because something above or below isn't doing what it needs to be doing. So I would take a really good look at how are your ankles moving? You know, how is your triple flexion? How, how are your hips moving? And then how is your strength of your hips? How is, which then, and your ankles, which is then going to affect your knee tracking. So if you're a yogi, and I think you are, because I think you're one of our yogis, you know, watch, watch your goddess, watch your warrior two, watch your half moon, those poses that are really external rotation poses. If, if you don't have, you know, the quote unquote, the um, the enough, I guess, uh, I don't even hate that word. If you don't have the amount of external rotation that the book says you should look like in that pose, then you're going to strain that medial knee. So let's just make little adjustments to your practice. So you're not doing that. Let's work on your hip flexion, work on your hip strength, work on your ankle dorsiflexion, mobi- um, mobility. And I bet you'll see a huge decrease in that pain because that's just your body's way of telling you Hey, why are we being pulled here? What's not doing its job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say when whenever I hear I suddenly had this, um, it is sudden. However, it often isn't sudden in the development because you know this is this is the same kind of thing we hear when somebody's like, "Oh my gosh, I leaned over and pulled," you know, threw my back out, and it's like, "Well, that one leaning over wasn't did it wasn't what did it. It was the many many." biomechanical, like kind of faulty moments that led to that. So that's the first thing I would say, unless you like twisted it or like kind of fell weird or something and it 
it sounds like it just came up out of nowhere but that really is look at it as an opportunity it's telling you like the mechanics that you've been doing have um positioned that need to be unhappy and the other thing i would say is adding on to what kristen look at what like i always ask people well, what are you doing repetitively because it's really repetitive stuff so did you take on hiking or running those would be huge um contributors possibly to medial knee pain uh did you change your shoe wear or and and is that a newer thing so if you have a new pain really look and examine what is it you're doing daily and is there any difference sometimes when i've talked to people when i'm doing privates and they're really perplexed and then i start asking the question and they're like well yeah you know i did start doing this with my friend or something you know like it comes up but it's not anything they would have thought of you know so a lot of times like this happened this summer someone was in major knee pain and i've and she's like i don't know what it is i i don't know if it's the yoga and i was like well maybe it is but anything else well no no probably well, I have actually started walking with a group of friends and they do walk faster than I do. We do more hills. And I was like, well, that actually could, she's like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Right. So that's not like seemingly strenuous, like enough to cause that kind of pain. However, if you're doing that and it is newer and it's more rigorous, more mileage, more hills, different shoes, there's lots of factors. So I just say, this is a really nice time to examine like, well, what have you been doing? Have you been sitting more? Are you cross-legged when you sit? It's a different type of chair height. There's a lot of things. And then that can play out on the yoga mat, like in those positions like goddess or something like that, where you are putting some demand on holding that external rotated position of the femur. And if something has not been happy in the knee, it will speak to you. So I would just say, look at your entire day. Often it's not that hour or 45 minutes or hour and a half you're on the mat per se. I always say yoga usually reveals the imbalances that are there, but it's the many, many other hours of the day that are contributing. So look at all those things and let us know if you have an aha moment, like, oh, I just started doing some biking or, or something. It, it doesn't even have to be rigorous. It could literally be like, you know, I spend a day picking up branches from my yard but 10 days later it comes out you know what i mean it's it, it that's how the body sometimes works it's it's kind of a mystery and it's kind of not but we have to uncover not just the last 24 hours but maybe the last two weeks or month um and it could also if none of that applies it could just be the mechanics you need more hip strength you need more ankle range of motion um and that could be it so it's really cool how the body speaks to us. Look at it as like, don't be afraid of that pain, even though it might be uncomfortable. Just look at it like, what can I do to ameliorate it and make it go away? Okay. I love it. Yay. Thank you all. These are great questions. You know, you can write us, direct message us. It's probably the best place because uh, we can get it there. KB90, KB, wait, KB, KB Williams, Williams 99 is KB, Kristen. And I'm Laura.Hyman on Instagram. So just direct message any questions there. We would love to answer them. Thank you, my darling. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. Bye, everyone. And as always, we are pulling for you.